Welcome to the Dave Witty Show. Your host, Dave Witty. Episode four is here, folks. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hope everybody's had a great week. Um, with regards to Newfoundland and everything that's been going on here, you know, we've been pretty locked down the last couple of weeks. Um, we're definitely moving in a positive direction. We're moving forward. Uh, the case numbers are starting to gradually go down and the recoveries are starting to go up. So, I mean, really showing some positive signs here uh, out on the East Coast. Um, big thanks to everybody who's been tuning into the podcast so far. I've been having a lot of fun doing them. Um, it's really a new thing for me, you know, even just, just, uh, doing the podcast, but I'm also doing all the, the behind the scenes work where I'm cutting all these videos. I'm, I'm editing all the audio tracks. You know, I obviously I wrote the, the intro music and I cut all the videos and all that stuff, but, uh, it's, you know, it's a learning curve for me. It's been a lot of fun. I really got to say, you know, it's, it's a new thing for me where, you know, just another way to be creative with that's, that's not really uh, involved with music so it's you know it's been fun and, and and something new uh big thanks to ryan sweeney coming on last episode i mean i had a had a ton of feedback from that i think a lot of people in the community uh really enjoyed hearing something a little different uh, i for one definitely enjoyed having that conversation I thought it was super interesting, you know, just to chat about uh, something other than the arts. You know, uh, I do love the arts, but I'm also a big sports fan. So and I love supporting, you know, anybody who's local in the community, especially doing something like what Ryan's doing. You know, he uh, he started up the first indoor uh, training facility here in, in Newfoundland. So, you know, kudos to everybody over at Premier Sports. Um, this week's episode is absolutely hilarious, in my opinion. We have a um, comedian Brian Aylward on. Uh, I spent the day yesterday chatting with him, not the day, sorry, but I was, I was chatting with him for about, uh, I mean, it's a good hour. The, the interview is a good hour long. Brian's a, a hilarious comedian. He's from Newfoundland. He was born and raised in Mount Pearl, just like myself. And, uh, he's been living in Asia for the last, you know, over a decade. Um, and you know, his, his, his story is really funny how he got started. And, uh, Brian's a, a kind of a, a, you know, he's a friend of mine. He grew up coaching my brother in basketball and uh so I've known him for a number of years and I've always just you know generally thought that Brian was so hilarious and uh you know he's been doing he's been killing the comedy scene lately super super funny guy uh the interview I think is is hilarious uh Brian lives in Thailand right now he's in Bangkok Thailand so uh I interviewed him yesterday morning here in Newfoundland time and it was like uh 10 10 o'clock at night over there um, he was out in his balcony and, and, uh, we were just shooting the shit, having a laugh, carrying on about, you know, a few old stories. And he was kind of speaking about how he got started with the, with comedy and, and how life has been, you know, during COVID and, and we chat a little basketball. Brian's a big, big basketball fan. And, um, he played a bit of basketball himself in the U S and stuff like that. So it was really funny to, to chat with him about that stuff. I had a little break in the middle of the, in the interview, you know, not sure if it was my wireless connection or, or Brian's or regardless, we had a little break. So, you know, bear with that. I mean, I just had to cut it and I had to restart, had to, had to redo it. Obviously we were doing it over zoom, over zoom. And, um, but the, the interview itself is, is absolutely hilarious. Uh, Brian's such a funny guy and, and I, he really opened up chatting about, you know, the different things that he's been involved in and the projects that he started up, especially in Korea. And man, this guy has just toured everywhere in Asia. Like it's, it's, it's mind blowing how many places this man has played, you know? And on top of that, he's done, you know, a bunch of stuff in Canada and Newfoundland. He was in the best kind comedy tour with the guys from Newfoundland and uh, really, really great interview. I mean, if you're looking for an hour to kill, this is the way to do it because I just thought it was so funny and, and, uh, you know, it's definitely, um, NS, NS, 
FW, maybe not suited suited for work or, or maybe around your young kids. There's definitely a few F-bombs in there, but I mean, it's a podcast and that's what it's supposed to be. So yeah, maybe this one's a little PG-13, but uh, in other news, you know, I'm just kind of hanging tight. I did a... I, uh, um, a live Facebook live feed there last Saturday night had a great, great, great turnout for that. A lot of people tuned in and, and great comments and messages from everybody. I had a lot of fun. It's, it's a weird thing with this COVID thing. You know, it's brought us back to doing these digital shows, but I for one have found a, a really, really bright light in those. I really enjoy them. I think they're uh, a great way to connect with people, especially outside the province. Like we're very lucky here that we, you know, we had a summer and we got to play so much out and you still get to see the people around in the community. But I mean, it's a great way for people who are also locked down in other parts of the world to, to be able to uh, check you out and be able to say hello and, and that kind of stuff. So big thanks to uh, big thanks to everybody who definitely tuned into the, to the live stream. You know, I, I'm once again, really enjoying it. I'm going to do another one this weekend. I'm thinking I might do Friday this weekend. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for that. That's going to be, uh, you know, a lot of fun again as well. Just, just kind of trying to break up a couple hours on a Friday or Saturday night and, and, um, you know, just play a few tunes for, for folks who were, who were sitting back at home. Um, managed to pick up uh, a few of the hockey games there the weekend. I'm, once again, you know, I'm, I'm a big hockey guy and I was really loving the way the hockey is going this year. Uh, the Leafs played uh, the Habs on Saturday. It was a great game, obviously. Uh, Monday, Monday passed. We just played the Flames and, and, and lost. I mean, Toronto's banged up right now. There's a lot of, lot of injuries going on there. Um, but you know, that's it. I think the boys are rolling and, uh, I got another big game as this podcast will be out Wednesday, which means there'll be another, uh, Another game tonight against the Flames, so I'm looking forward to uh, to getting that in, and then hopefully uh, the the Leafs can turn it around after that big uh, the big loss against Calgary on Monday night. The Raptors are rolling right now. Me and Brian actually talk a little Raptors uh, and a little bit of NBA, of course, throughout the uh, throughout the interview. Uh, Raptors are got it right back on track. Um, I mean, it's very exciting to see Kyle Lowry's been out. Fred Van Fleet's just been lighting it up. I mean, this guy went undrafted and and he just signed a huge contract and just one of the great stories out of the NBA. Um, yeah, uh, the Blue Jays are, are spring training is starting to get rolling here. It's going to be very interesting to see how the MLB season plays out. Um, <clears throat> you know, hopefully the COVID stuff kind of lays low and and get a good season in because uh nothing better when the boys of summer are back and and you know the jays are looking great right now you know there's a lot of young prospects in that in that pool so uh i'm really looking forward to that yeah other than that you know kind of here in in uh, in newfoundland we're just we're just locked down again it's a really blustery day out there today and um uh, looking forward to heading up to uh, heading up around the bay here now the weekend and and uh and uh, taking in the sights and sounds, actually managed to get out on a pond here this morning, and I uh, went out for a little skate, little push. Um, finally, the ponds have frozen over here, so nice to get out and get some fresh air. Um, <clears throat> other than that, you know, that's pretty much what's going on here. A lot of people have told me they like hearing the little intro and kind of some news that's going on within the, within the community. Uh, so I like to like give that my little two cents there as much as I can. Um, other than that, make sure you stick around for a great interview with Brian Aylward. Like this guy is super, super funny and, uh, his stories are incredible. And, um, I, I really, really enjoyed it. And I hope you guys too. And, uh, for anybody who maybe is a first time listener, you can find these, these podcasts. They're available on YouTube and Spotify, um, Apple music. Obviously there's just audio versions on Spotify and Apple music, but the, um, the, the video versions will be on YouTube, you know, so, uh, try to do, uh, 
kind of bit of a both and so you can sit down and watch it or if you're just driving somewhere and you want to listen to it so uh, other than that make sure you stick around there's a great interview coming up with uh, comedian brian aylward ladies and gentlemen he's a former canadian comedy award winner for the best stand-up comic he's been nominated for best comedy at fringe world in perth australia he's performed in vietnam singapore japan malaysia cambodia india hong kong china indonesia thailand mongolia and then some a former winner of Sirius Canada's Top Comic, he's headlined Canadian Yuck Yuck Clubs, performed at Just for Laughs, Halifax Comedy Fest, Hong Kong International Comedy Fest, and the Magners International Comedy Festival. Ladies and gentlemen, from Thailand right now, welcome Brian Elbert to the podcast. How you doing, Brian, man? Thanks for coming on today. What are you at, little witty? I performed in uh, Port of Basque and uh, Del Lo too. <laughs> How you doing, man? What's going on? What's, what's, uh, what's happening? How you making out? I'm actually, uh, I was looking forward to your call, man. I'm having a cup of tea now. Me and Holly are listening to Open Line. <laughs> You're listening to Open Line. You're in Thailand yeah. right now, and it's, it's. I don't I mean, we're recording. I'm recording right now. It's 10.30 here about Newfoundland time, Monday morning. So you're, what time is it in Thailand right now? Uh, about 9.30. And you're it's listening, and you're listening, hour. and you're listening to Open Line. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, you got to check some in. Nice, right some nice bedtime activity. Oh, buddy, it's the funniest shit ever. Uh, I just called in and said, uh, Petty, if I'm in the mall walking around farting and you breathe that in, can you get COVID? Like, <laughs> made my fucking day, man. Made my day. Oh, man. Open line is classic. Like, classic. Like, it's you get the most hilarious, uh, you know, people from Newfoundland. It's all walks of earth who call in. It's, you know, you never get the sensible person calling in and, you know, talking about a, a car accident. So pe- maybe to avoid this part of the highway, it's like you say, some fellow talking about if he farts in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the mall or the airport or something like that, right? Half, half the people are calling COVID, COVID. COVID. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even know the name of it. <laughs> oh, man, I died that too. That's so funny. COVID. Yeah, that's hilarious. So for anybody who doesn't know, obviously, Brian Elward, he's a fantastic uh, comedian. He's in Thailand right now. Brian, uh, like how long, what, what do you, you've been, you, you've been a comedian for how long, like, and, and how long have you you've been living in Asia for a number of years? So maybe just give a little rundown on, you know, what you've been up to for maybe the last decade, even, you know, in a short way. Sure, man. Um, yeah, I've been a comedian now for 15 years, since 2005, on my 16th year. Um, yeah, I lived in Asia for 13 years since 2003. So out of those 18 years, I've spent 13 in Asia. Um, I performed, I think it's now like over 3,000 shows in 29 countries. And uh, I'm based out of Bangkok now. My wife, Holly, who's from Mount Pearl, she uh, teaches at international school here. And I'm, I'm just based out of Bangkok and tour around the world from here. Nice, man. So obviously, like with everything going on with the lockdowns and stuff, like what's kind of been the situation with you in Thailand with regards to with COVID and, and have you been performing at all or how's that been working? Yeah, it's hit or miss, man. I mean, the first in the beginning, we were locked down big time for 97 days. Uh, me and Hollywood just locked up here in the condo and uh, we, 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 we stayed strict with it, man. We were like, whatever, we'll do what we got to do. And uh, we're still together. So that's a good thing. <laughs> uh, I mean, dude, I was literally like losing my mind. I would walk around my condo building at night just to just to move just to get a bit of exercise like a friggin' prison inmate you know right right and um and then it was it was kind of shut down then it wasn't then it was then it wasn't so it's been a bit of a mind fuck um right now um they're just opening up again live performance uh, you're not allowed to serve alcohol you got to be shut down by 11 there's rules but um i mean honestly i sh- i stopped really performing last march middle of march and i've only done about two dozen decent shows since then which is wow. nuts. wow yeah yeah. So yeah. Like, how, how has the country kind of been handling it? Has it been like people are kind of abiding by the rules or how, how's that kind of worked? Yeah. Thailand's kind of amazing that way. Cause I mean, technically it's a military dictatorship, right? So uh, 
you know, they're pretty strict here. They can be, but uh, people here are also generally polite and the wearing of masks is not a big deal. A lot of people do that anyway. Yeah, that uh, seems just, pretty natural, I would say, in that part of the world, kind of. Yeah, man, because of the pollution. And in Thailand, they do a lot of stuff. They burn a lot of natural waste and sugar cane and stuff. So there's a lot of pollution there. Uh, so people just generally wear, people are generally, I think, more polite. They're not just, they're not just, it's not as uh, as arrogant as, as the North American culture, you know? People just, you know, just help each other out. And actually, right. uh, Vietnam was one of the best in the world. We border with Vietnam and Thailand's done a pretty good job too. I mean, uh, in terms of the country and the amount of people, I mean, it's one of the, I guess, one of the best models for the world, apparently. Oh, cool. Very interesting. So yeah. Done a pretty good job, but, um, you know, but that's because they locked down everything. So of course. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. So, so obviously you've been, you've been keeping pretty, pretty low key and just trying to, I guess you're doing a bit of writing and stuff like that or uh, new and all I, can do, I know we were chatting thing. a bit, we were chatting a bit previously. You said you're doing some zoom calls and I know stuff like that. Like what, what's that entail? Dude, garbage. Good comedy <laughs> shows on zoom, just hot garbage, right? It's just it's horrible. Speaking horrible. of hot garbage, what's the temperature right now? Oh uh, buddy. It's uh, about 34 degrees. I'm on my deck right now. Actually, I tried this for the first time. I thought I tried out here with the old zoom. Like, as you can see, I'm starting to sweat. I got the thing. But, uh, um, yeah, man. Um, yeah, it's all right. But um, yeah, man, I had to cancel everything last year, right? Like Best Kind Comedy Tour back home. I had a tour to the Middle East. I had to cancel. I had a tour to New Zealand and Australia. I had to cancel. Damn. And uh, because the quarantine rules are crazy, right? If you come Jesus. back in, you I thought my gig in Gander getting canceled was going to be bad. <laughs> oh, listen, nothing wrong playing legends. My son, nothing wrong playing legends. <laughs> listen, yeah. man, I want to, I want to dig into some, obviously some of your comedy stuff, but I want to ask yeah. you a few questions, you know, about growing up and stuff like that. Like both of us are from Mount Pearl. We grew up together in the same town. Um, obviously you're a little bit older than I am, but you know, you were, you were, you know, friends with my brother. You coached my brother in basketball, I believe as a young, yeah, yeah. As a, and me as well, you know, we're always kind of a part of that hey, as Peter's well. But, Python, a Mount Pearl legend of Python. Yes. I remember, actually, I remember you, uh, I coached. <laughs> oh, I wanted to ask you, I wanted to ask you that. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I coached Mark in grade eight. I suppose I was only about 19, 20 at the time. I was coach. He was grade eight. And, uh, yeah, I remember your mom used to come to games a lot and you were just this little pipsqueak walking around, follow market where. And uh, we let you hang out. And uh, yeah, it was beautiful, man, what we did with that team. With the boys. Do you remember the time? Do you remember the time I got subbed into the game by any chance? There was a game yes, that happened. Totally. Like what a, what a punch in the face for that other team. Like oh, <laughs> we're just going to, we're just going to sub in one of the boys, little brothers here now. And we're going to put him, yeah. put him in Pascal Parsons size 11 sneakers. <laughs> yeah. But you're, you're about the same size as Pascal. Except for the <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. So yeah. Um, like growing up in Mount Pearl, Brian, like, mm. like, I want to ask you about how you got started in comedy. I'm, I'm, I, I know the answer to that. I know where that kind of came from because I, I we're friends and I've, I've followed you for a number of years. But I, right. I do want to ask you, like, like stuff was funny in Mount Pearl. Like, you know, your group of friends. Like, I remember sitting around a lot of times, like with you oh. and like Sean Courtney and these guys, like, and like, like literally pissing myself laughing, like over nothing, oh, man. It could have been anything, just nonsense. Yeah. Like, like yeah. is that some of the reasons, like? That, that got you started in comedy was these people that you grew up with who were just so naturally funny, you know? Yeah, I think, I think ultimately, man, I mean, it's something I always wanted to do growing up, but I mean, you know, I grew up in the eighties in Newfoundland. So it's like, there was no stand up, right? I mean, Cogco was on the go, but we didn't even know what that was. I mean, growing up in the Pearl, when you're a kid going to St. John's, like going to New York city, right? You're like St. John's Jesus we're way out there. And, um, so we didn't even think about it, but it was always in the back of my head. I used to love David Letterman and, but I just put it on the back burner. Right. And because, but me and Courtney, I mean, you know, Courtney, my best buddy growing up and Jamie, his brother, I mean, Jamie Courtney's the funniest person I know, I think. Oh, absolutely, man. I agree. Right? Yeah. Hilarious. And, uh, you know, uh, I mean, we would do stuff, but we didn't look like now everyone got TikTok and Instagram and all this stuff back then. We just did it to make each other laugh. I mean, 
we'd, we'd throw, we'd watch Cogcone and we'd throw on Sean's mom's clothes and go mad. And, and I had but, this old horny grandmother character I used to do. And then we do other characters. And we just did it for a laugh. But to me, that's and, the most like the most raw and true form of comedy yeah. is, is you're not doing it to put on a show. You're just doing it to get a rise out of your buddies. And I mean, that's, that, that's a big part of Newfoundland culture in itself. You know what I mean? Is it's you're trying to yeah. keep yourself busy, if not anything is. So you're just oh. doing it. You're taking jabs at yourself and you're taking jabs at your buddies. And I mean, that was the name of the game. It's still like that here you know yeah and especially no internet right there's no internet so what what could you do you had to you know like throw mud balls at cop cars and then try to do something else you know i was uh, uh i was at the cabin know. i was at the cabin this weekend i was chatting with my brother mark who obviously uh you know you know we all grew up together and and mark was kind of he was i was telling him that i was getting together with you for a little chat on on monday and he said uh he said you got to ask him about a couple things that uh uh i want you to t- talk about on the podcast one right. he said cheese darts i want you to explain i want you to explain cheese darts to the people at home <laughs> first time i've been asked that i love it um well it's a ma- it's, it's it's a white trash mount pearl classic game <laughs> uh again this is back in the day before you had all the computers and all the fancy stuff and uh you know you might not have had a lot of money so uh all you needed was uh some processed cheese and a set of tits <laughs> and uh what you did, man, you lined up next to each other. You took your shirt off. Very homoerotic, by the way. Just all the boys. <laughs> all the boys take over. And at the time, we're about 13, 14, whatever. And uh, Everyone's got two hairs on their chest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. We take off our shirts. You had to stand up kind of tit to tit. Take 10 paces back, almost like gunslingers. And what you do, you throw <laughs> processed cheese at each other, like take turns. And if it's stuck onto your nipple, you get a point, And that's how you play <laughs> And uh, that was that was a good time for uh, you know closeted gay boys back in Mount Pearl in the eighties. <laughs> Another game he mentioned was there was a sandwich game. Are you familiar with the sandwich game? Sandwich game. He said something about going into somebody's house and making a sandwich. Oh Jesus! I'm not telling that one. Okay, that's we'll awful. leave that one. That's, we'll leave yeah, that. That's, <laughs> yeah, I can't tell that one. Okay, I'll okay, we'll leave that one. And there was also a sleeping bag game. I don't know if you want to talk about that one either. The sleeping, oh, by the way, the sandwich game wasn't the game, but uh, the sleeping bag game, was, uh, <laughs> the sleeping bag game was uh, uh, just again, dude, stupid shit. Like we would literally wrap each other up in a, like wrap one of us up in a sleeping bag, right, and grab both ends with two guys and just run as fast as we could, like down the road, like with with someone in a sleeping bag, and that, that was it. That's the game. <laughs> oh, that's that, that's that's wicked. That's so funny. So like. <clears throat> Obviously, you weren't doing any stand-up comedy or even any comedy for that matter, like, you know, kind of growing up in Mount Pearl. It's just kind of funny shit with your buddies, like just just carrying on and stuff. But I know basketball was a huge part of your life as well. Like you coached my Dude. brother in basketball and I know you're still a huge ball fan. You know, you obviously you post yeah. and stuff about the Detroit Pistons, hilariously enough. But I but that's what I wanted to ask you is you moved to Detroit, I think. Uh, in high school or just after high school, I believe. Just you were playing- after, yeah. Yeah. yeah dude, what was, was that like? What was that like? I was a big basketball guy. Uh, I started playing when I was like 12. I actually remember because I was playing hockey and uh, I was never good enough, man. I couldn't skate. My parents didn't put me in power skating, right? So I'm out there skating on my fucking ankles. Can't make the blades, right? Pissed off, <laughs> right? All, all I wanted was a blade checker, right? Try to get, you know, so I get some pussy, finger someone down by the field. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> You know what I mean? It's back in the 80s, man. It's what we did. And uh, so I just like, I couldn't do it. And I remember Mr. Suley, Gary Suley came into a classroom and he talked about crush basketball. This this thing called crush right? basketball. I remember crush. Yeah, I still got the I still got the plaque. I still got the plaque at home. I think. Yeah, and um, and uh, it was five dollars. That was it. And I was like, I got five dollars. I get five dollars allowance every Friday, right? 
So uh, that's what I did. I took my allowance and I entered the league and I was pretty athletic kid. So I got pretty good at it quick. And uh, that's all I was looking for. I think it's a bit of attention. And um, <laughs> so I got good at it. And then I went to the courts, you know, what we call the courts there at Newtown and Mount Pearl, the Grants courts. Mm-hmm. And I started playing and a couple of older players took me under a wing from senior high, like Dave Strange, guys like that. And I played every single day all summer uh, between grade seven and eight. And then came back in grade eight and was, you know, was the start of the team. Just kept going, loved it. And all I wanted to do then was play in the States, right? Like, I mean, you know, everyone else was going to Mon and Acadia and all this. And that's awesome, too. But I was like, no, man, I'm going NCAA, man. NCAA, first Newfoundland or NCAA. And um, I read an article, actually, a Sports Illustrated article. Uh, Gary Pate was on the cover. I remember that. That's why. I love. Oregon State Player of the Year in college. And uh, it was me and Courtney, right? Me and Courtney reading magazines all the time. And there was an article in there. Uh, about a coach, uh, Coach Kelzo. It was called A Lesson in Survival. It was about a 10-page article, right? Real big article about how this guy, like, beat all the odds. Like, he's from Alabama. You know, he, he literally would bathe himself in the Tennessee River. He made his way to Michigan, ended up making the Pistons, became a legend, ended up being a high school uh, coach, right? And a uh, legendary high school coach. They were three-time state champs. Anyway, he talked about how he'd help players get into college and kind of help them better their lives. And I'm like, I'm going there. I'm going to get him to college, right? <laughs> So, dude, I literally kept this article in my pocket because this was grade 11 when I read it. I kept that article in my pocket for a year. Uh, I don't even think I told anyone this before. I just had it. It was just, I don't know. I was just, I'm just a weirdo like that. I'm a big dreamer, a big weirdo. And, um, and then I decided to call him. Uh, I had a job at a gas station and uh, Mount Pearl, Mount Pearl Ultramar. And uh, I said, I'm going to call. Pipeline. I had to call. Yeah. yeah. I had to call uh, directory assistants, get the number for Cooley High School get a hold of coach Kelzo. Anyway, long story short, I call him. He's basically like, if you're nuts enough to come down here, I'll have a look at you. And I hopped on a plane and I saved up for like a month or so and bought a ticket to Windsor, Ontario, right, right at the border with Detroit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, he picked me up at the airport in Windsor. And again, long story short, I ended up playing ball uh, inner city of Detroit at Cooley high school for a year. Wow. What was that like? What was that experience like? Like just even not the basketball itself, but just the overall experience of like being there and in that it must've been so different, obviously coming from, Mount Pearl, like, you know what I mean? Like, what a, what a culture shock that must have been. I was so fucking, I was so naive, man. I literally was like, who wants to play basketball, friends? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was literally, like, I didn't realize I was going, because I've been researching this because I'm writing a book about some of the crazy shit I've done since high school. And uh, I found out later it was the number one ranked most dangerous neighborhood in America at the time. By the no FBI. way. Yeah, East side Detroit, like Cass Quarter. Um, that's where I lived. I actually played on the northwest side. But uh it was crazy, but I loved it. I mean, I got to play with guys who were in the NBA, some of the best players in the country. Uh, but I mean, you know, it was definitely some crazy shit. I mean, I uh, knew people who got shot and stuff like that. You know, come from Mount Pearl, it's like, boys, it's just, you're supposed to get in a fist fight at McDonald's, right? You're not supposed to kill each other, right? You're just asking the boys to go out and play a game of 21s or something, right? There's like yeah, a, right? a, a, a four-person homicide the night before at the yeah. same basketball court. Yeah, so that kind of stuff was like, because I remember one guy actually got killed at lunchtime. We were all just at this <laughs> chicken joint and... uh and they didn't even, they were just like, yeah, he's dead now. And just kept, you know, back home, school to be shut down for a week. There'd be grief counselors like Nova. <laughs> and um, so it was, it was, but it was also awesome. I mean, um, some of the stuff I look back into now, I mean, I met a lot of great people. Detroit's an amazing city uh, to this day. Like I love soul music. I love the blues. Is that why you yeah. remain a Pistons fan with that part of it? Or were you a Pistons fan before that? I was a Pistons fan before that, actually, because of Isaiah Thomas, uh, my favorite player back in the right, day. Right. Uh, still my favorite player, best player on the 6'5 ever. Um, 
Yeah, man. And it's just, that was just a fluke. That, it's funny, actually. It was either that and another Sports Illustrated article I read. I read there was a guy named Father, Father Somebody. He was a priest down in Philly. And he was doing the same kind of thing. He was helping young boys get into college. And and uh, so I was thinking of either one. But I called Kelso first and went there. For, if that didn't work out, I was going to call Father or whatever, you know, touchy mm-hmm. and go to Philly. And uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, yeah, Detroit worked out, man. And I did it. No, that's pretty neat, man. Like that was one thing I always took out of out of watching Mark and and you know his group of friends. Like those guys, all my brother Mark. Like those guys stuck together since they've been friends since they're in grade two. They grew up playing basketball, but 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 to them and and, and something I I watched from you guys was was basketball was such a culture. Like it was like life. You know what I mean? To to those guys, like those guys, they did everything together. They they slept, bred, ate, like everything revolved basketball and being together. Like that camaraderie and that friendship was a big part of their growing up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. I think we got lucky. I mean, um, I mean, at the time, I mean, me and Sean, me and Sean Courtney, right? My best buddy growing up. I mean, we were uh, we were obsessed with it, and uh, and and we lo- and we looked at it as an opportunity at the time when I was coaching your brother. I think I was about twenty. And basically what it was, it was all out of revenge, man, because senior high had beaten us in high school. <laughs> they were the best high school team to ever exist. And uh, we were like, fuck that. Like, let's set our own kind of crush basketball. So that's what we did. So me and Courtney went back to actually St. Peter's primary. That's right. St. Peter's junior high and started camps. Like, I actually started my camp called Hoop Squad. And that's what we said, because we said, if we build them up grade three, four, five, by the time we get to high school, we'll be the next kind of dynasty, right? Right. And right. Uh, I think we just got lucky with some good kids and um, – and me and Sean did it right. You know, we, we like just helping the kids. Like I just like, cause we had rules. Like if you got, you know, if you were a C student, you had to, you were off the team until you got a B in your next test. Like we really tried to help the boys uh, just be better. You know, cause you know what it's like little lunatics running around just trying to help the boys be better. But, and uh, yeah, but I don't know what to this day, well, to this day, I'll say this to this day. It's still my favorite thing, man. Like all the boys are still in touch. They go to yeah. each other's weddings. They're all great friends. When I'm home, I, I'll see most of them. Uh, it's awesome. man. I love it. Yeah, no, exactly. You know, one thing I, I always noticed about that, it was, I know you guys were the coaches and obviously you were like, you know, uh, Sean was Jamie's older brother who is who you coach and stuff like that. But you guys, you were hard like that on, especially with the, the schoolwork and you wanted to make sure everyone was, was going about it the right way, but you're also buddies. You're also friends. Like, you know what I mean? It was also about the camaraderie and, and being, being like a, a you didn't want someone to be uh, to be a scared of you or anything like that. A scared, you know, you wanted to be you wanted yeah, yeah. people to be your friends as well. You want to be able to com- come to you and confide in yeah, you and yeah. that kind of stuff. Right. That's a huge part. We of were it, young, too, right. We were yeah. we were young. We were only five or six years old. Yeah, you guys are only kids as well. Like, you know. Uh, yeah. I mean, I remember Sean Courtney. I'll tell this Courtney because I'll get Courtney back for this bastard. I was I was all serious. Right. So I started this because what it was was Mun were running camps. They were too expensive. And a lot of the kids couldn't go because they were just 150, 200 bucks, whatever. So I thought I'd start, uh, you know, I was like, I'm good enough. I know what I'm talking about. Let me start these camps called Hoop Squad. And I think I might only charge like 15, 20 bucks in the beginning. And I was just like, I'll just show you. I'll do what Mon does. Just we'll do it here in the gym. And I got Courtney to help me out and maybe another person or two. And uh, so I was all, you know, all full of myself. Like, oh, it's going to be awesome, right? This is going to be the new thing. And um, so Courtney comes out first five minutes of, of the first Hoop Squad camp, right? And, he go, and he's nervous as fuck, right? Cause we're all taking ourselves too seriously. And Courtney's like, Hey boys, listen, the first thing you got to do, if you're playing basketball, you got to learn how to dribble the fucking ball. I'm like, <laughs> did you just curse, dude? Did you just curse? And you how know, old, Courtney, right? how old are these kids? Well, the boys were like 13, right? Right. Right. So okay. It wasn't that bad. Cause I mean, right, they're all sure. same anyway, but still you don't want to be at it. Right. Of course. Of course. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, Courtney's an absolute fool. So then like during the break, during lunch, I'm, I'm just eating lunch on the stage, right. Waiting to, waiting to start up again. 
all the boys come running out the bathroom like ah look. I'm like what's time to go now right like day one i'm like fuck's sake right <laughs> so i go in look in the toilet looks like a big lump of shit right oh what happened so courtney pretended to reach into the toilet and grab shit in his hand and tell the boss who shit in the toilet and didn't flush it right <laughs> but what that's what, what he was doing day one at camp but what it was was he took a walnut crunch and threw it in the toilet pretended <laughs> it was a piece of shit <laughs> And all the boys, so when he reached in and picked it up and squished it in his hand, the boys just fell out and ran. <laughs> yeah, that's like I got like mad that. at him. I actually got mad at him. I was like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Yeah, 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 yeah. But hilariously enough, you got a story to tell like that. Yeah, hilarious. So moving along, you you, you went to university or college, I believe. You got a did you get a degree in in did you go to uni, you went to university? Yeah, I went to university. I played uh juco ball in Ohio for a minute. Uh and then I ended up coming back to uh Canada uh when my dreams were starting to fail and uh Went to Cape Breton University, played ball there. So I'm like, I got to get a degree now. I was like 23 at the time. I'm still, I haven't graduated. I'm like, oh, I need to fuck off now. So I just came back and finished up in Cape Breton. Wanted to be closer to Newfoundland. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I got a degree in community studies, which is absolutely useless. And, um, <laughs> what what, what kind of jobs do you get with community studies? You get to, you get to study the community, right? <laughs> just walk around and take things in. So before you, uh, before you, yeah. before you moved into the, the like the comedy and, and you really took that plunge, like what were some of the stuff that you were doing to pay bills? Like what kind of jobs were you working to, to keep yourself occupied? Dude, uh, fuck. What was I at? Oh, I got a wipe here now. It's 34 degrees here now. 10 o'clock at night. That's all right, um, man. So minus 15 dude, I was doing here. Anything. So. I was doing anything. I mean, when I graduated, I literally, uh, um, my girlfriend at the time was playing pro ball in Australia. And I was like, you know, I'm going to be a man now and get a job, buy a house and all that. <laughs> And so I went out to Alberta and did the whole rig pig shit. I was a roughneck for a minute. And then I ended up uh, working at a, then I hated that. I hated it. Uh, right. I mean, the work was bad enough, but I mean, the mentality was even worse. Yeah. And, uh, and then I just ended up getting a random job through a person I met. I had no business having it, like just taking care of people with disabilities. And, um, but at, back then there was no, like, you know, it wasn't like fetal alcohol syndrome or autism. It's like something wrong with him. Just take care of him. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I didn't know what I was doing. I was walking random people on leashes through the park in Calgary. And I was like, what the fuck, man? Like, I'm not even joking, Dave. Like, it was, that was my job. Like, I was walking this girl one time. Now I look back and realize she had fetal alcohol syndrome, but she wore a helmet. She loved basketball, which is awesome because I'd be out in the park with her. And one day we're walking in Stanley Park in Calgary and I got her on a leash, right? Like, so she's, you know, she's having a rough time going, right? And, um, dude, she, like, a a couple was coming towards us with a baby carriage and she punched into the carriage just unprovoked. (laughs) And the fucking people flipped out, right? They're like, whatever, whatever. And I'm supposed to take out a card and go, listen, call, call my supervisor. Oh and buddy my wants to God. kill me, right? I'm like, buddy, like, obviously she's not doing well, right? I got her, she got a helmet on, I got her on a fucking lead, right? <laughs> You're making six twenty-five an hour, like, okay. I was making nine fifty an hour, and I yeah. thought that was amazing. Oh, and, man. Uh, so I, did, I did that for a couple of years, and uh, had another guy would just jerk off in public. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'd be riding bikes, and I turn around, he'd be just busting out on Mrs. Flowerbed. Not even joking. Not even joking. And I had to come oh back my card. here, take my card. She's like, what in the Jesus is he doing? I'm like, he loves your flowers, missus. He loves them. <laughs> like, so, dude, I, would, I did anything. I worked at a liquor store. Uh, I was in a, uh, I worked in a, I was a security guard of an abandoned building. Uh, dude, everything, everything. So yeah. what, what was the, what was the mindset well, behind? Then, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this, that's all happened. Then I remembered my last year of college in, in, uh, in uh, Cape Breton, um, some people came by talking about ESL, teaching ESL in Asia, right? Right, teaching that's English what I was going to ask you, yeah. And so I had that in the back of my head, right? And I was like, 
it seemed cool. They were talking about Japan. So I looked into it, found out Japan was really expensive, and then somehow found out about Korea, which was like a more cheaper option. And I was like, you know, just out in Alberta, just spinning my wheels, just going nowhere. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going. Broke up with my girlfriend. So I'm like, you know what? I'm getting out of Dodge, man. Fuck this. And I just moved to Korea, man. I just picked the first job they offered me. And that's how I ended up in Asia. That was 2003. Wow. Incredible. Spending like seven years in Korea. And um, and I got started doing comedy in Korea as well. So that's that's how that all got going. Kind of. So you were teaching over in Korea when you first moved. How, how long were you at that? Like, that must have been just... <laughs> I mean, once again, that must have been just a culture shock in itself. Like, I mean, as Newfoundlanders, we speak a weird type of English anyway. So imagine going over, you know, and trying to teach that to people. So like, what was that about? Newfoundlander teaching English. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was all right, man. I mean, um, it was definitely a culture shock. um, But I just, uh, I loved it, though, man. Like, I love Korea. I ended up spending six years there. Um, And I taught kindergarten, too. I mean, I didn't know what I was at. I mean, I coached kids before at that age, but I never... They just threw me in. I had no idea what I was at. I just learned on the fly. And I ended up doing six years and wow. um, started comedy halfway through that. And then, yeah, I just started going with the comedy then. Yeah, and that's kind of where it's led me. So maybe for anybody who doesn't know you or who listening maybe for the first time is like, what got you? There's a, there's, a, there's a real story behind what got you actually started in comedy. I'm sure you've told this 10,000 million times, but maybe let my, my folks listen to uh, let them know what kind of got you, got you started in comedy. For you, little witty, I'll do a 10,000 million more. Thanks, buddy. Um, yeah, man, on a bet. On a bet with my ex. Um, she was a smoker, and I didn't like that she smoked. And I was like, you know, if you quit smoking, I'll, I'll do comedy. Because I was always talking about, like I said, I was into Letterman growing up. And uh, um, I love comedy. I just never did it. But it never left me. I always wanted to do it. I just never had the balls. I mean, mm-hmm. I used to be in comedy clubs. I was in comedy clubs in Toronto, Montreal. I was signed up on the list. And then when they were like, Brian Elward, I was like, I look around, pretend no, I wouldn't even do it. I did that three or four times because no I, I was too scared. Anyway, um, so and I and honestly, I was so scared, man. I didn't think she'd quit. I thought she's not going to quit. I don't got to worry about this, and she did. And I was like, fuck. And uh, there was an open mic on Friday. It was just uh, basically a bunch of teachers and U.S. Marines. There's a lot of U.S. Marines in Seoul, and I went out to a really rowdy bar about 150 people, and I went up and um, just supposed to do seven minutes ended up doing like 15 just ranting and raving going mad and um i mean it wasn't very good but i i instantly got over to fear instantly i'll never forget it man i literally was walking off the stage over all these wires and i just remember thinking like that wasn't that bad man why was i so scared right i've been so scared of this and then literally i was 31 at the time too dude like i was old right yeah. to get started and i was like fuck this like i'm always a full tilt kind of guy right like you know i was supposed to play in the nba so why not be the one of those <laughs> kids, right? go and, out uh, or go home yeah i like it that's it man that's who i am and uh we i moved to toronto two months later and just uh had a bunch of sports jerseys actually and sold them on the side and, and then that allowed me not to have a job right so yeah, I, I got jersey. one i got a vladi divots lakers here <laughs> yeah, yeah so i had a jersey hustle going and that kept me that, that allowed me to go to open mics every single night in Toronto for a so year. Where right? was that? Where was that when that, say, the bet happened? Where, where were you living or where were you I was time? In, um, I was in Anyang, South Korea, which is like a satellite city of Seoul. Oh, right. So you decided to move back to Canada after that to, to do the comedy or? Yeah, because there was no real comedy there. I mean, I was literally going up after rock bands at 12 o'clock. Sure, right. <laughs> and just, just garbage, right? I hate and going I like, up after rock bands at 12 o'clock playing music. I can't imagine trying to do a bit. When I go up, there'd be a guy shredding on top of the pool table right and then they'd be like brian i go up there and tell them my shady dreams right and just eat complete pile of shit <laughs> and I was garbage man and uh so i was like fuck this uh 
I don't know if you know, but like New York City, London, England, and Toronto are basically the meccas of comedy in the world, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, I was like, got to move to Toronto, right? I'm Canadian, let's go there. And I moved there for a year and just went pretty full tilt with it. Um, ended up getting married, and this is my ex now. And, um, you know, moved back to Korea because we wanted to make some money. So we moved back to Korea, and that's, and but I wanted to keep doing the stand up. So what am I going to do? So I started a thing called Stand Up Soul, which I was going to ask you about Stand Up Soul. Yeah, you started up that in Seoul and, uh, is that yeah. still, is this like, I'm assuming it's probably not still going on now just with COVID. Well, still going. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. But that was, the, yeah. that was the thing. That was what you started up. Yeah. What was that about? Yeah, it was the first, well, I just thought once I got back there, I thought there gotta be other people like me to want to give this a go. Right. And so now I've been doing it about a year and a half. I was, I wasn't good still, but I thought I was right. I was that idiot. And, um, so I, I started a room. It was a Canadian bar called Rocky Mountain Tavern. I knew the buddy and I went to him and said, hey, Jamie, let's uh, let's start something here, man. So we did. And right away, man, we had like nine or 10 people trying it. We had about 40, 50 people show up and then it just kept going and it, it became a thing. And then long story short, I mean, we ended up bringing over comics from all over the world. I tour Korea now regularly. Like I used to tour Korea, like I would do 15, 20 city tours of Korea years later. Um, and it, it kept going. So when I left, I left it in the next kind of person, most capable person's hands, they kept kind of let, leaving it because it's a very expat community, right? People are coming and going. Sure, yeah. Um, so it's been left to a bunch of different people, but there's still a little bit, not as much as it used to be, but it's still going. Like I was actually supposed to go there on tour uh, in December, but because of COVID, whatever. But um, yeah, man, we're pretty proud of that because um, so that was like amateur. That was a lot of like amateur comedians coming up, say people who were kind of trying to do the same thing as you, maybe just give it a shot or, or was rebooking yeah, people or that's both. All it was. Yeah, there was just a bunch of amateurs. But what's great uh, from that now, there's like three or four of us that are pros now based from that scene that we started. Oh, man, that's incredible. Really amazing, cool. Right? Something to be proud uh, of, we, man. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, dude. It was, um, we just, again, lucky, man. We just, just good people just got together and it yeah. just made sense. Yeah, right, right, right. Awesome. Oh, that's amazing, man. Um, a couple other things I wanted to ask you about. Obviously, I, I want to ask you about, like, you know, you do some extensive touring, you know, through Asia, like um you you got a new special out i i want to ask you about that in a little bit i will dig into that a little bit but um like what's it been like torn through asia and stuff like i i mean i've listened to a bunch of your bits I, i've watched your special like how do you find like, your jokes your jokes translate like how does that work for you do you did you find that tough transitioning like did you find that the what's the word i'm looking for like um yeah did, did your jokes translate at first when you started yeah like how did that work yeah, I mean, in the beginning, no, but that's what happened, right? So I've been touring, like, I've been touring Asia now since, like, 2007, right? So a lot of these countries I've been to multiple times. I think I've done, like, 21 countries now in Asia alone. Incredible. And, uh, like, a couple of thousand shows. So I've gone to places like Singapore, like, eight, nine times, Indonesia, Mongolia, like, crazy, right? Mm -hmm. So I got familiar with these places every time I went. So I learned more, like, this works here, this doesn't work sure, here. Right, don't right. It. So you know, now, now I'm like, what, my 13th, 14th year of touring. And so I decided to record a special because um, there's a guy in Mongolia is kind of amazing. He went to LA and he started a comedy store in LA, which is a world renowned comedy club. He came back to Mongolia, Ulaanbaatar, which is the capital city. And he built a comedy club, just like the comedy store. Oh, cool. In Ulaanbaatar. Like it doesn't have the multiple rooms that the comedy store has, but it has the one room. It's, it's beautiful. And so I played it I was one of the only uh, English speaking comics ever played. I heard about it through a buddy of mine, went over there, loved it. The hospitality was off the charts. I fell in love with Mongolia, dude. I was loving it. And so I decided to, I met a film crew there. And so I said, fuck it, let's, let's do this special. I went back like eight months later and recorded my special big in Asia. Yeah. And the special man is absolutely hilarious. Like I, I watched uh, it. I watched it a while ago 
And I loved it, man. I thought it was so funny. But just the weekend, I listened to the audio version again when I was driving out to the cabin because I just wanted to refresh myself on it. Man, yeah. I almost went off the road, dude. I'm like, I'm laughing so, so, so hard at it. Like, just really, really, really good bits in there, man. So, so comical. And what I love about your comedy, man, is is you, you really mix in a lot of like real life kind of stories on top of, I'm sure there's a bit of fiction in there as well, you know, to kind of make yeah. some bits work really good. But I mean, I love that. I love, you know, you're talking about Jim's, Jim's uh, snack shop in Mount Pearl, but you're in Mongolia, man. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah. You're, but you're making these jokes work, which is to me, absolutely fascinating. You know, I, I I'm yeah. a musician, man. I tour all over across the world and I play in all kinds of different countries myself. And I know what it's like. Sometimes you you're in different places and, like, you know what I mean? I'm not sure if the Joe Bats Arm Longliners, a song about beautiful Fogo Island is going to work in Mongolia. But like, you know what I mean? It's amazing what you can make work. And I just Thanks, thought that was, Thanks, I thought that was really, truly uh, fascinating. Yeah. I've learned, right? I've learned from touring. I made those mistakes. You know how it is? I bombed. I bombed all over Asia. I mean, you know, I've, 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 I've eaten shit, piles of it. And I just learned. And um, yeah, I learned to be autobiographical because, I mean, obviously I throw in a you know, scattered lie here and there because it makes the story better, but uh, you try to stick to the truth as much as you can in comedy because the further you get away from the truth, the less funny it gets, honestly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're right? And, yeah. um, and um, you know, sadly, you know, funny enough, I guess, when you're... Had a little break up there. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, I mean, Brian's in, in Thailand and I'm in Newfoundland. I'm not sure which connection's worse. <laughs> we were just, well, Yeah, we were, we were discussing about the... Uh, you know, your, your special big in Asia, which uh, I think you, there's, you can buy the video, you know, you can buy the, the video on, on YouTube and, and you can also stream the audio files as well. Right. Yeah. It's all over the place. It's on iTunes, all this stuff. And it actually comes out March 10th on uh, Amazon prime. Oh, wow. Um, that's incredible. Congratulations, man. That's very yeah, cool. Thanks, brother. So that's great. So check out for that. Um, yeah. It's on all the platforms. I mean, if you just Google my name, Brian Elward, big in Asia, or go to comedy dynamics website. It's all there. Just Google it and you'll find it. It's, it's on all over the place. Right, 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 right. Um, I want to dig into a bit of stuff like uh, I know last year, I think maybe I'm not sure if it's two or three years, you've done the Best Kind Comedy Tour, which is a tour that's features um, three Newfoundland comedians and um, and you do right across the country. So, you know, what, what was that? What was that like? What was that experience like? And, and maybe talk about the comedians who you're with and, and, you know, what they kind of bring to the table as well, especially in the terms of, of Newfoundland uh, com- uh comedy. Yeah, 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 man. Uh, the boys, man, Colin Hollett and Mike Lynch. Uh, and shout out to B Mac, man, Brent, Brent Mac, yeah, my, my buddy, too. Yeah, I love Brent. Yeah, B Mac is the shit. Um, yeah, man. So, uh, I don't know even how it happened. We were just, um, I was doing a bit of a tour across Canada, and Mike Lynch, you know, everybody knows now with Cecil and Randy and all that. Mike, you know, one of the funniest young guys in Canada. Um, I had a tour called Laugh NL and I was just doing a few places like Nova Scotia, Alberta. So I had Mike come with me and uh, we, we, we did a few tours and then Mike started to blow up right with the sketch shit and all that. And we started thinking more like we should do kind of our own thing, kind of, you know, and uh, we thought of Best Kind, which is really funny because I came up with the name Best Kind Comedy Tour. And at the time I never met Brent. So I knew nothing about Best Kind Barbecue or none of it. Right. Sure. Yeah. So that was just fucking hilarious. And, uh, and then Colin came on somehow. I mean, every Newfoundland show needs a spazzy Bayman, right? <laughs> and uh, right, so, so we, uh, we put Colin on the leash and dragged him with us. And, uh, no hel- helmet or no helmet? <laughs> uh, it depends on what kind of day he's having by. It depends if he got his pills or not. Uh, <laughs> no, the boys are great. Like, I, I, know, I know Colin really well, and I, I know Mike as well. And obviously, Brent's a, a good friend of mine. Brent's after booking me for – I'm after doing the best kind of barbecue and all these, you know, these events with Brent. I was just supposed to actually – 
I'm supposed to be literally driving back from Cornerbrook right now because I was supposed yeah, to do the gym. I was supposed to do Jibfest this Saturday in Cornerbrook with Brent, which obviously you know everything that's going on in Newfoundland. They well, they axed that, but Brent's that's awesome, man. Brent's Brent Brent does an awful lot for a lot of artists in Newfoundland for sure. He does so, yeah, man. And he's young, you know. Brent's a few years younger than me, but he's been on the scene forever, man. He's been booking rap shows and he does comedy shows. And he's Please. he's honestly the most pleasant cat on the planet Earth. Like he's just Dude, he's so too, positive. Too pleasant. Dude, he's almost too pleasant. It's kind of annoying sometimes on the road, you know. <laughs> yeah. Wake up and have a coffee in you, and he walks in the room. Hey, I'm like, all right, fuck off now with all this, right? Like, come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I know. I, I know exactly. I know exactly. He's an incredible Red, dude, Red, man. I love him. So, um, I mean, how many of those did you guys do? You did two, I think, and the third two. was third was axed, I think, because of COVID. Yeah, I think, wasn't we got it? we got axed. We did two and. um Man, it got big pretty quick. I mean, we, we we sold out across Newfoundland like the first time kind of right away. And then we were like, okay, why don't we try, why don't we try Nova Scotia? Let's try New Brunswick. Let's try Alberta. And I mean, then before you know it, we were doing like 35 city tour across the country. Uh, we did every province except for Saskatchewan. And um, fitting. Yeah, man. I mean, what? I said fitting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, you know, whatever. I'd love to go to Saskatchewan. Actually, we did Saskatoon once, and okay. I remember we did we did a holiday in there or something, and that was uh, Dubai said is one of the favorite shows of mine because what happened was the mic I was headlining the mic cut out, so okay. I went up and the mic cut out, and I was so pissed off I just flipped out for a half hour, right? <laughs> and uh, I had no mic, and that was Dubai's loved that. I hated it, right? I was like, fuck that. Um, but yeah, it was it was awesome, man. I mean, we're so lucky, dude. I mean, you know how it is, like when you catch a bit of bit of heat and you're able to do stuff like that, and to be able to tour with your buddies and not be on the road by yourself. Right. That's I a mean, huge, I, awesome. I, I can imagine that must be a huge difference as a comedian because, you know, I do a lot of solo work myself, but I also have a band and I tour with a band and I tour solo. And I know the difference. Touring solo is lonely AF, man. It is, it it's tough. a grind. It. It's, it's a grind, grind man. You're just out there awesome. on the road. You don't have any friends awesome. to come back to. You spend a lot yeah. of nights in hotel rooms and you're just by yourself. You know what I mean? You're, you get out and do your show and it's, it might be the best show on the planet, but you just go back and sit by yourself. You don't even have anybody to talk about it. It's, it's a huge Dude, grind. That's, so that's it, man. And that's how a lot of guys get in trouble, right? And girls. I mean, that's when the drugs come in, the drinking comes in, whatever else. Um, yeah, man. I mean, it is awesome. Like I was saying, but it's not, uh, it's not, it, people don't understand. Like afterwards, I mean, you could play a room of 300 people and kill, have the greatest show ever. And then all of a sudden you're, standing at a vending machine for 10 minutes trying to make a decision <laughs> yeah. by yourself in a room right it gets sad quick yeah after you're just making it you've just made 300 people explode in a room for 25 minutes uh, or whatever you know like it's and, and you can't yeah we've been lucky because i mean right away i mean we've done we did the convention center like two years ago that was like 1400 people massive yeah we did we did cbs arena dude that cbs was arena two, yeah uh we do we do um 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 the Keanu Theater in Fort Mac all the time, pack that, that's six, 700. I mean, yeah. we're, we're, and it's, and it's not always about the big shows. I mean, my favorite are when we add a town and it ends up being awesome. Like I remember a couple of years ago, we added Port of Basque and we went to Port of Basque and the Lions Club there and it was packed like 250 people. What a friggin' time. And then a the year later we added St. Anthony and place like this dildo Bonavista and just keeps getting better, man. I, I, I love it. And I hope that, uh, you know, the fans bear with us and, um, I mean, it sucks right now, but uh, everyone needs a good laugh, man. I can't wait to get back at it. I miss it so much, man. Yeah, and I think they will, you know, Brian. It's 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 one of those things. It's like people are still starving for stuff, man. I think even more once this is all, you know, said over, it's people are going to be even more starving for it because they've been locked down. They haven't got to see any entertainment or it's comedy or music or or theater or whatever it is people are really going to be inclined to get out you know that's one thing i always found like you mentioned you know 
adding a show in Port of Basque. I, I've done that myself on countless times. Like you add a quick show into, you know, random butt fuck in Ontario, but this place probably doesn't have live music come through all the time or, or live comedy. So these people are more than grateful to have these things come through their town. So those shows always, yeah, they always like hit something special with me as well. Cause it's just been so impressed, people are just right? so people are so happy to have that. Right. Yeah. Like you ever, you ever played Bonneville in Alberta? I, I haven't, but John Whalen lived there and I've got drunk there. <laughs> great time. man! What a great time. Like some places like that, like it was, it was, what a time, like amazing. Like I can't wait to go back to places like that. And, and I think so too. I mean, people will, you know, we'll get back to normal, whatever that is. Like people are starting to panic and, you know, New Flanders, they love to exaggerate, right? Like, oh, geez, it's never going to be the same. It's the new normal, Sheila. It's the new normal now. <laughs> right? Yeah. The variant. Did you hear about the variant? And I was like, shut what the fuck up. Boss. I was like, it's going to be all right. Just hang tight. Yeah, I mean, I can't wait to get back at it, though. And, because um, you know, every year we do new material and we're excited to get at it. And the thing, you know, the thing with comedy, like with music, you know, that you, you get better. Yes, you know, absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if, you know, they hang with us. It's only going to get better. So yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I can't, uh, hopefully we can do something this year. We're thinking this year, like if we're, we might still be limited, but we think hopefully if shit can calm down in Newfoundland, we might be able to at least do some shows back home. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to try to do some kind of tour this year. We're just not sure what it is yet. Right, right, right. Neat, neat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, Oh yeah, hopefully you know who knows what this this new normal is that people are are kind of stop, saying. Stop, and, Sheila. Shut yeah. it, Sheila. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that means, but you know, me myself, I'm looking forward to to getting out on the road and 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 doing some stuff. Is there any way that you've kind of found some positives in this? Anyway, like for me personally, you know, I've managed to. I've completely taught myself how to record from home. I've started a new podcast. You know, I do a bunch of different stuff that I would have never, ever dug into because I probably would have been too busy working, to be honest with you. Yeah, and a lot of times I find if I'm doing five or six gigs a week, scatter time, like I don't want to come home and pick up the guitar. I want to stay away from the guitar for a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. but with this, it's just given me so much free time to adapt and to learn some. Is there anything you've taken positively out of this? Like, has it done anything better for you or? Just yeah, man. I mean, it's been a weird. No, man. It's been a great question because I think that's 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 the creative people who are going to survive. I think if it showed us anything, like if you're not flexible and you're not willing to change with the times, because things are changing a little bit, whatever that means. Um, yeah, man. I mean, with me, it was weird in the beginning because um, I mean, I started having panic attacks. I don't even know what they what to call them to be honest. Like I was told they were that, but uh, uh, back like in February last year, uh, I would just get overwhelmed for no reason and just end up having to just sit down somewhere. It would just be like a big fat plane crash. I'm like, oh, I'm going down. And uh, that happened. We're, speaking of crashes, times. weren't you recently in a bike accident? Oh, yeah, dude. And then that happened like in October. I got in a motorcycle accident. That's, that was, that's why I'm kind of fidgety here now because I'm standing outside of my deck. I can only lean on my left leg for so long. What happened there? What, were, you, were you driving uh, a motorcycle? or? Yeah, my, we, uh, my wife and I were in Koh Chang, which is an island here in Thailand. And we're just having a nice little uh, cool little bike ride, a nice little sunny day uh, along the coastline. And uh, she was on her own bike and we were going around like it was a real hilly area, a lot of blind turns. And I was going around. We we're going slow, luckily. And then a just truck came out of nowhere, came around to turn and just boom, front, front head on with a truck. No way, man. Uh, and uh, wow, yeah, you're very pretty, lucky. I'm so lucky. You know what's even crazier? I mean, um, I know people might get mad if I say this, but I didn't have a helmet on. But here's why. And I should definitely wear a helmet. That was stupid. Literally, we had brunch like about 20 minutes before that. And I'd rented the bike and helmet right in the the helmet was digging into my fat head, right? So I'm like, I'm taking this off. It's getting on my nerves. And I literally took off the helmet two minutes later, got hit by the truck. Wow. Uh, dude, I'm so lucky. I mean, it was literally, um, I had a massive laceration on my leg. Like my whole shin bone was exposed, all the guts out. 
uh, I had I was banged up pretty good. I had a really good foot contusion. My foot blew up twice the size. I had a pelvic contusion. Jesus, Dude, even man. like my, my dick and balls turned black and purple. I was terrified. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, like I don't if it stays black and gets bigger, that'd be awesome. But other than that, <laughs> cool. this is not cool, right? And, uh, yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's day 121, and uh, I'm still only walking about two, three hundred meters a day. Uh, sauna, acupuncture, rehab. Uh, it's been a, it's nerve damage, right? So I'm, right. In, I'm in for a grind with it. And uh, so, yeah, so get back to your question. Um, so, you know, on top of the, you know, the, the old COVID, um, you know, I've had a panic, panic issues, I guess, and uh, getting hit by a truck. So, I mean, I've had lots <laughs> to think about. And um, I know what the rumors are back home, but trucks are pretty tough, bus. Stay away from yeah. trucks. <laughs> yeah, I'd say, especially and, head uh, on. So yeah, with me, it was the same thing, dude. I mean, with my special, I learned a lot. Um, Cause you know how it is, like we're both creative. So it's like, I'm shitty at all the fucking administrative stuff, right? I, I, hate, I it. hate it. I hate it. And, uh, but you got to do it in the beginning or you got to pay someone to do it. And sometimes you can't afford that. Exactly. So with Comedy Dynamics, I had to deal with them, which are like the largest comedy distribution company in the world. So they handle like the Kevin Hart, Dave Chappelle's, all of them, right? So, I mean, I'm absolutely honored to be in the presence, but uh, a lot, lot, a lot, a lot of bullshit, right? A lot of shit you got to do. Um, right. Contract. So I learned a lot about the business. And then I realized like, man, like I had a birthday recently, like I'm 47, man, I'm getting old. And uh, like, I just, I hold, I realized that I hold back actually too much. Like people tell me, oh, Tom, you're kind of wild. You're like, I'm like, I'm not even, I'm half tilt. I haven't yeah. even gotten full tilt. And, but I've decided, you know what, man, fuck this. I'm going full tilt now. And um, I've started a web series. Uh, I'm going to start filming that now this week, actually, because I'm finally able to walk a little bit. Uh, called Buddy in Bangkok. So I'm just going to go around in Bangkok and put out like four or five minute ep episodes a week, just me getting up to trouble here in Bangkok, having a laugh. And I'm going to do a podcast. I'll put that out in June. So that those are two things that I might not have done. Like you said, I would have been busy torn or whatever. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, and just the way I'm writing now and the way I'm thinking is just, um, I've letting go all the bullshit, Dave, because you know what it's like, man, no one gives a fuck. No one does. Why you think about I, it way too much, man. I, you always catch yourself in your head way too much thinking about what this person thinks or what this group of people thinks when really they don't give one fuck. They do not they care about what fuck. you're doing or what you're up to. They just, no. they're doing their own thing. They care about what they're at, you know? So yeah, that's a great way people to be. Busy. It's a great way to look at it for sure. People are busy paying bills, trying to keep up. Right. So it's like, uh, so the way I've been right now and the ideas I have, uh, cause I've only been able to get on stage a couple of dozen times really in a bunch of months, but, uh, I am already because I'm not I'm not holding back anymore, man. Fuck it. Yeah. And uh, people like who know who know me or no, actually don't people know me know that difference that I, I got another level to go to. But uh, some of the crowds probably, you know, think, oh, we can't go kind of more hard than this. But I can go much harder than this. And I'm going <laughs> to when I say go hard too, it's not about being dirty or not. I'm not a dirty guy. It's just like more my truth, like the, be the most real I can be. Right, right, right. And I think right? that's that you got to be like that. And I think that only makes people better in the long run, you know, whether, no matter what you're at, you know, in regards to any type of art, I think the truest you can be, the truest version of yourself you can be, it's going to be the best version of yourself, in my opinion, you know? Well, I've done that, dude. I've done, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've got a pretty nice website together now. I've started to actually care about my social media, which I didn't really care before. We're starting to get better at that. Such a huge part of the game, man. Like Huge, man. I just, you know, I'm just... You know, like if I wasn't a comedian, I wouldn't be on any of it, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I'm just whore myself, but that is, that's part of it, right? That is. And yeah, uh, yeah. so I'm, I'm getting better at all that stuff that I didn't. And um, yeah, I got lots coming, man. Like I said, I got the podcast coming out in June. I got the web series coming out April 1st, Buddy in Bangkok. Uh, it's going to be great, man. Cause like, 
it's not really about me. I'm just a vehicle. Like Bangkok's a star. So I'm because people are always asking, like, what's Bangkok like? Man, most right. crazy. And I'm gonna show people. It's not. It's 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 awesome. Bangkok is way more than you think it is. Oh man, that's cool. That's that's uh that's yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, looking forward to checking that out myself. Actually, yeah, dude, all that, all that, right? So web series, podcast, getting hit by trucks, panic attacks, stuff. <laughs> all the good stuff. Listen, yeah. man, who you think uh, who you think is gonna win the NBA championship this year? Who you got? Who what, what are you who are you liking this year? Lakers, man. Lakers. No, if they don't get if they don't get hurt, if AD is not hurt, Lakers, yeah, he's out now. AD's out right now. I think isn't he with like a leg problem yeah, or something? Yeah, he's out but... with a strained calf. So I don't know if they're lying about that or whatever. It looked like worse sure. than a strained calf. They could be lying about that, but uh, yeah, yeah, man. If they're healthy, no one's beaten the Lakers four times in seven games. Not even, not even the Nets. Nets don't play no D, man. Man, what's up with the Nets, man? Like I can't figure them out. I mean, yeah, well, they, they don't, don't play, play any D. D. Yeah, that's it. Like you gotta I watched the game championship that didn't play defense. No, yeah, I watched the game last week, man. They they, I think they lost the game and put up 150. Like, <laughs> right. That's who they are. That's who you know, they are. Which is just yeah. insane. I think they lost like 153 to 151 or something like that. You know, yeah. what do you think yeah. of the Raptors? Do you watch much Raptor stuff or? Dude, I watch every day. Um, I'll get up. Honestly, that's one of the things during, uh, during all this, honestly, I like, cause I know I don't play ball anymore, but I still like it. But since the, since the lockdown, since last March for me, I really got back into basketball. I went back to my first true love. And I just watch it every day. Like I'll get up every day and I watch ho- every game before I start writing. I'll just watch highlights of every game. And it just brings me, just, just makes me feel good. Yeah. And I'll just watch highlights all the time. I had the Raptors, man. I mean, they had a big win uh, to beat Philly yesterday. Yeah, I know. They're, they started the season two and eight. And I think they're, I think they had like 14 wins in the last 18 or something like that. Like yeah. some crazy stat. Don't they're really. Boucher with that Boucher, three. yeah, bonjour. <laughs> bonjour, Boucher. And there's rumors now that I don't know if it's going to happen, but they're saying that uh, they might be able – they might. they're looking at getting Ben Simmons uh, for Pascal Siakam or bringing in uh, bringing in um, DeMarcus uh, Cousins. Well, yeah, Boogie, he's on the block. I've seen that. They're not – They're not. Uh, yeah. I mean, there were some rumblings last week there about Andre Drummond, but, I mean, I don't know if that has any – Andre great, man. He plugs the middle. I mean, that guy – Oh, big time. Like he's young too, man. He's only like 28. I thought he was like 38, you know? Like, he looks he looks like that. He looked like that when he was seven. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, I got to say, well, that's one good thing about uh, – you know, in Newfoundland, Jesus, we've been lucky, man. We've had the summer and the winter. You know, we've – We've been out just frolicking, doing whatever, because there's been no cases here, but now we're back in lockdown heavy. Right. So, but that's one good thing. So sports is on, man. Last time there was no sports. It was like, they shut everything down. Sports was shut down. It was just like, all right, I guess I'm going to play video games for the next four months, you know? So it's been pretty, it's been pretty nice that there's been, there's been sports back and, and uh, stuff like that. I've been following along, especially nice to see the Raptors are are getting, getting moving again. And, you know, we got Canada's team, even though they are down in Tampa right now, but you know, that's it. I mean, it's nice to take the time to, I mean, part of me is like, of course I miss torn. I miss all that, but it's, you know, it's nice to be here with my wife and not be away for so long. Holly's awesome. Obviously, you know, Holly. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's been nice, but I mean, obviously I'm looking forward to getting back on tour, but I've been able to write more. I've, I've written a few scripts and I've, I got a documentary idea now, a movie idea. So these are things I definitely wouldn't have done if I was on tour. Right on, man. Yeah. So, uh, you know, well, listen, all, man, for anybody, sport, right? yeah, for, for anybody who's at home who, who might not know you and, and want to check out like uh, some of your material or anything like that, like where can folks find you to? Well, I'd send most everyone down. I just started a YouTube channel, so I'm going to try to send everybody there. So at Brian Elwer Comedy and actually at Brian Elwer Comedy on all the platforms, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, uh, at Brian Elwer Comedy, uh, my special Big in Asia with Comedy Dynamics, that's out. So just put Big in Asia, it'll come up. And uh, I'm really proud of it, man. I mean, I, it was years in the making. And uh, I'll tell you a quick story about it with the 
the intro because the intro is amazing. So on the intro, you see it, you know, a guy riding a horse, right? And yeah, I was on the horse. Hilarious, yeah. What it was, dude. What it was was we finished we finished the taping of my special, and uh, I, I was supposed to do two nights. Like that's usually what you do. You do two nights, you chop it up, you make the thing. Yeah. But the first night there was a blackout, so uh, forty or fifty people didn't show up, right? So it wasn't really good enough for a special. So I was like, fuck. So I ended up literally recording a live special. The whole show was from Saturday night. And then I did that afterwards. We go to this really nice uh, cigar bar, sitting there with Holly and the boys from Mongolia and smoked cigar, drinking wine. And we're going, how are we going to, you know, put the stars and bells on this now? What about the intro? And the guy goes, uh, will you, would you ride a horse? I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll ride a horse, man. You know, and then literally the next day, yeah, I hadn't ridden a horse since I was a kid. I don't know how to ride a horse. And uh, the next day he picked us up like seven o'clock in the morning. Me and Holly drove us out into the Mongolian mountains, like three hours outside of Ulaanbaatar, had a stunt man, had a whole camera crew. And uh, so he just stunt man does most of the heavy lifting. So I do a little bit with the horse and then we got the horse going through the Mongolian mountain. Dude, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it is. It's and, funny, uh, man. It's, it's funny. Their idea. And it makes me laugh every because it's for no reason. Just because. Yeah. 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 No, that's incredible, man. It's uh, I loved it, man. I love the special. And, you know, anybody who's home. Definitely check it out, especially if you're locked down, man. What else the fuck you got to do? Yeah, be man. I mean, check, check it, it out. out. It's and... funny, man. It's good Newfoundland homegrown material, man. It's like supporting one of our guys. And I think you're incredible, Brian. I've, I've been laughing at you my whole life, man. Honestly, Thanks, spending my life laughing at like you. I remember nights being at my at my parents place if if mom and them are maybe at the cabin or something and mark said yeah a few of the boys are coming over courtney and ale the boys are coming over i'm like sitting there like i'm gonna laugh my fucking ass off tonight because these yeah, guys yeah. are just just super funny in in not only the bitch you're right but you're you're funny in real life too man so you're yeah, a laugh you're a laugher too you and your brother are laugher so that's all we need right we're such hams so we got yeah <laughs> exactly right yeah. But, yeah man i'd appreciate that and people honestly like uh you know, I need you on this one because you know how it is. If this does well, it's coming out on Amazon Prime, big in Asia on March 10th. And if mm -hmm. it does well, like they'll, they'll give me another one. That's how Absolutely. it goes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so the support would be amazing. And like I said, big in Asia and at Brian Elwood Comedy, you can find me. Right on. Thanks, Brian Elwood. Really appreciate you coming on the podcast today, man. Stay See safe you, over in Thailand and uh, we'll be chatting with you soon, man. Take care. Take care, buddy. Later. Big thanks to Brian Elwood for coming on there. Like, like I had mentioned previously, just an absolutely hilarious interview. I thought, you know, it was great to hear what, what Brian's been up to. You know, he's living over in Asia. He's just got crazy stories. Um, his special is so funny, guys. Like, we chat about it in the interview, but it's really, really hilarious. It's coming out March, uh, I want to say, 10th on Amazon Prime. You know, like, that's a huge step for a comedian and, and especially a guy from Newfoundland. Like, he's one of our own. So make sure you get out and, and you check that out. It's super, super funny. Big in Asia. Um, it's uh, I, I've seen it. And I loved it. I thought it was so, so funny. Um, great to hear, you know, a, a Newfoundlander and a Canadian tell a few Newfoundland jokes when he's on the other side of the world. Just amazing how he can make his jokes translate and and uh and really really hit over there it's a really really neat you know i love chatting about the his days in detroit and and cheese darts my god like these guys are just so funny coming up with these games and that's the way it was back then you know you just had to kind of come up with something to keep yourself entertained you know he makes some very very good points about you know the difference between now and then with with regards to social media is it's so different because there was no social media then. You didn't you didn't do this stuff to put on the internet to get likes and and comments. You did it just to get a rise out of your buddy, which is, uh, you know, very very you know true. You really like old fashioned and and you know honest honest material. You know it was really really great. Um, so yeah, big thanks to Brian Aylward. You know 
make sure you do check him out, guys. Like he, this guy is just absolutely killing it. Uh, he's done the best kind comedy tour and and all that stuff. And but he's over in Asia, just absolutely killing it. So by all means, make sure you do check out um, Brian's comedy special and all his social media and all that stuff. Um, other than that, make sure you check me out uh, this weekend. Be doing a uh, another live feed from my Facebook page where I'll be just singing some songs and and having a chat with folks. Uh, big thanks to everybody who's checked out the podcast so far. I've been having a lot of fun doing these, and I've just been really, really enjoying it. Um, please, if you feel like you're enjoying it as well, please feel feel free to share this, you know, to your friends or somebody who might enjoy getting a good laugh, especially out of this episode with Brian. Uh, share it on your on your social media and all that stuff. Make sure you tag me, and um, yeah, big thanks to everybody who's who's checked it out, and uh, yeah, we'll catch you down the road. Peace. <laughs>